The Level Down Games podcast for November 2nd, 2020 is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. Christmas. This is the Level Down Games Podcast. Welcome home. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me this week, host of the Media Files every Friday. It is, of course, Kyle. Good afternoon, Brian. Good afternoon, Daniel. It's weird not saying good morning, but good afternoon. I like the good afternoons better. Good mornings tend to make me sleep in, so... (laughs) Dude, same. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, I feel that, but afternoons are hard for me. You know, we just have we we live different lives. You and I very well, different, different lives. lives <laughs> different lives in different time zones, right? I mean, that's also the tough thing. Is worth three that's hours really, ahead of you. That's really the toughest thing. But we make it happen for the fans. We make it happen. And that other voice you're hearing is the co-host every single week of Hit Our Music and Elite Wrestling Podcast. Uh, that happens on Thursdays. And of course, find him on twitch.tv forward slash crazed eleven. It is Dan. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, the afternoon. It's starting. It feels much later than it is. This time change has got me messed up, but I'm ready to go. Oh, Let's yeah, talk. it's actually about to get dark. It's five PM Eastern time. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the, su- an the sun night. is setting. The sun is setting. So uh, it's also lives. it's also snowing. So is it snowing? Yeah, there? I heard it was snowing up there. It is, yeah. it is snowing here. It is. Bloody hell, it was eighty-five here today. They are calling for up to two inches for our area tonight, so we'll see what happens. Holy smokes. Yep. Two inches. A lot of us know about two inches. I was about to say, I think there's a joke to be made there, right? Yeah, that's enough. Special shout out to Midnight Playtime and Neon Dan over on Twitter at Neon Dan TV for providing the music to the Level Down Games podcast. Go check him out over on Twitter and hit up his bandcamp at midnightplaytime.bandcamp.com listen to some really excellent synthwave music. Sean is unfortunately unable to make the uh, recording this week. I don't know what he's doing today. Uh, Sundays are busy for him. He's, he's probably watching football. He's probably watching football. He's probably watching down football. a tree. Maybe he's watching football. The, the Seahawks yeah, are playing maybe, right now. I don't know. Who knows? So, we'll see. <laughs> but myself, Kyle and Dan are here and we're talking some fun things for the uh, the sad anus. Sean's not here, but it's still the Sean and Dan all new umbrella segment time. Sad anus, baby. Can't go wrong with a little sad anus. And uh, Dan, I want to start with you. Oh, because. Oh, OK, because you are not telling us what you're talking about this week. You've you've kind of kept it a surprise. And all we know is it's not gaming related. So no. you're either going to really make uh, you're, you're going to surprise us or you're going to disappoint us. One of the two. Um, probably probably both. I mean, okay. I, I'm always okay. a disappointment, but um, okay. no, kidding. we're actually going to talk <laughs> uh, because the World Series uh, and the MLB finished up uh, this past week. Um, and the way that it ended, I wanted to talk about how I think baseball uh, you know, the MLB is is struggling um, with with ratings. Are you getting on a soapbox, Dan? Are you about to go on a rant about baseball? Uh, yes, I am going to go on a rant. <laughs> it's about sabermetrics, sabermetrics in baseball. What is so? So what is sabermetrics? So sabermetrics is an empirical analysis of baseball, especially baseball statistics that measure in-game activity. 
So like if a, you know, a certain baseball player pulls the ball, you know, hits the ball between, let's just say second and uh, third base or no shortstop and third base, like 80% of the time, like we've started to see shifts uh, shifting in baseball. So it really has slowed down the pace of the game. It's slowed down a little bit of scoring. It's made it baseball is already a tough sport. Like I love baseball. It's my second favorite sport, but it's very boring. Kyle, how do you feel about baseball? Baseball, stupid. Okay, right. I just, I just wanted to get, a, get, a, get an opinion. I like baseball. Baseball was the only sport that I actually cared enough, to like, to go out and play back when we were in school. I never played in high school. Daniel, remember, I didn't play sports in high school, but I played uh, all throughout elementary school. I played uh, baseball, and and I absolutely loved it. Um, I don't like watching baseball that often, (laughs) but I like playing baseball. No, that's the thing, too, is like I appreciate baseball. It's It's just of the the four major sports in America, the four sports that everybody watches. I think it's it's by far my least. I am a football fan when it comes to watching sports. Yes, that is. I go hockey, then football. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hockey definitely and baseball. Football. But I mean, there's a lot of action in those sports, right? Like baseball, there's not a whole lot of action. And that's that's where this like saber metrics is really to me, it, like I get it because you're 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 playing the you're playing the numbers. And if a guy hits the ball in this certain spot like 90% of the time, you're going to shift, you know, your players into that. It all started with Joe Madden uh when he was coaching um Tampa Bay uh, Rays. They started getting into it. Um, a lot of these small market teams. Um, I'm trying to think. Moneyball. Do you guys remember the movie Moneyball? I do. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. With, uh, well, Brad Pitt. Yeah, that really. Yes, exactly. It had to do with a uh, a guy in the uh, Oakland Athletics organization and trying to instead of spend money like these big teams, like you got these big market teams, like the Yankees have always been there. The Dodgers have started doing it now. Um, So, you know, and they can't compete with these contracts. So they would lose players, a big name. uh, Jason Giambi was one of them um, for the athletics. So he lost at Giambi to the Yankees. So what he was doing is trying to fill like two or three players that you could sign for cheap that would kind of um, mimic the stats that Jason Giambi was doing. Big, huge uh, analytics going into this, um, and, and it's just I, I really like. I said baseball has it's my second favorite sport. I, I play uh, fantasy baseball. I've been in a keeper league for ten years. I love diving into it, and I love like looking into the stats and stuff like that. But I think sometimes you have to look outside the stats, and you just ride the hot hand. And why I kind of wanted to talk about this was because this past week, um, you had the Dodgers versus the Rays. Um, in the World Series, which I did watch, actually. Yes, I mean, and I did too. I, you know, I again, I'm a baseball fan, so I can almost watch any baseball game uh, because I enjoy it. Like I said, I, I play fantasy uh, baseball, so you know, I, I root for some players that I have on my teams. Um, so there's, uh, you know, a lot of uh, I enjoy it. But this pass. Uh, season games one through five i believe were the uh least watched games uh in uh world series history uh they were the like for uh ratings really? for yes because i think because tampa bay is a very small market team they barely get people to show up to their games when they were allowed to have um uh, crowds at the game they were one of the like least attend average attendance and then you have the dodgers who uh are just 
they're always like sold out and have a ton of fans like especially we'll see you go payrolls let's talk about payrolls the dodgers have the second highest payroll of 105.7 million dollars the tampa bay rays had a payroll of 28.3 million dollars so you had the second highest do you just know this? I, I have everything in front of me uh, because okay, I, I, I wasn't going to. I was going to be impressed if you just knew this. Yeah, talk about no, crazy I mean, statistics. I knew that, Dan knows I, them all. Yeah, I mean, I knew that Dan the uh, Rays uh, were below, and the Dodgers have really like started spending <laughs> a buku amount of money because I mean they've been there, they've been to the World Series, but when you were spending that kind of money, you better win. You know, the, it's not just get to the World Series and lose. And they hadn't. I think the Dodgers hadn't won a World Series since 1988. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of dive into this because, uh, let's see, it was game six. Is that the one that had the crazy ending? No, that was game. Yeah, that was game four. Okay. I wasn't sure. I, I remember. Absolutely yeah, wild had, ending. Yeah. In, incredible. Yeah. So I guess really, I mean, honestly, um, the Rays really didn't have any business winning that game. They honestly won it because of two errors that happened in the last play of the game. Right. I mean, extremely unlikely events to happen. Yes. Exactly. So for them to win, uh, so it was crazy. So this is where, uh, so the big thing that's really started to happen, especially in playoff baseball, is you let your starting pitcher pitch five innings. Sometimes the pitchers don't even pitch five innings. And in MLB, you have to pitch five innings, at least five innings for the starter to be qualified for a win. Um, so I, 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 baseball season is already too long. It's 162 games. And then we, I feel like we rush to the playoffs. So I hate that. And then these managers, they try to get cute and you have like you're relying on your bullpen a lot, which you don't do during the regular season. And I just don't get why they try to change it so much, but they're using the saber metrics to justify why they do it. So uh, starting pitchers typically third, third time through the lineup do not do well. Statistically batters have a a higher batting average, you know, more home runs, more hit, you know, stuff like that because pitchers get tired as, you know, as they go on. But Blake Snell was pitching a gem of a game. He'd only pit. He had, he was cruising uh, through the, yeah, the first nine batters. He gave up one hit. He had nine strikeouts in the first four innings. Um, So he was about to start going through the lineup for the uh, third time. And he was uh, the Dodgers had Mookie Betts, uh, Corey Seager, and I'm trying to think the the next guy that was up. But Snell in the game was those guys were 0 for 6 with six strikeouts against him. So Blake Snell was pitching a hell of a game, but because sabermetrics say that pitchers typically don't pitch well, he pulled him. The next pitcher to come in ends up giving up two runs. So I, I forget to tell you that the Rays were winning one nothing in a win or you know your outs game game for the World Series, and you pull your pitcher who's just pitching a gem. Sometimes you need to look past sabermetrics and realize that your pitcher is pitching one hell of a game against one of the most potent offenses. You leave him in, you know. Like I said, you pull him. Next guy comes in, he gives up two runs, and then that was pretty much the ball game. Um, and I, I, I think baseball, it, it was already having tough with ratings, and I think sometimes uh, you just have to look past. I, I get the there, you know, third time through, but you have to realize that your pitcher, Blake Snow, is one of the better pitchers in the game right now. One of the best young arms. Uh, sometimes I just wish they would have left him in They're like, why not just leave it? Sometimes you need to just put the ball in your starter's hand and be like, go out and win us this game. And he was winning the game. And then they brought in the bullpen and that's when uh, they ended up losing the game. Could have changed the world series. I could have, I mean, it could have made it to that's, a game not, seven. Yeah, just, it could have definitely, you know, extended the series and who knows what would have happened in game seven. 
but they're trying not to that i care about these... either team i don't care about the no, dodgers I... or the rays well i was rooting for the rays because they're a small market team you know um it's always kind of rooting for the underdog and the dodgers have been to the world series like i don't know three of the last four years or something like that and have lost like every time so and they have like i said a, a huge they're spending like 80 more million dollars uh, on players uh, and it's just insane so it just I don't know. Sometimes you got to look past the stats and just ride the hot hand. And I hate that we we sometimes in a in a sport that's already struggling because they're they're making so many changes because they want to try to speed up the game. To me, you know, you you these the shift is really starting to hurt the game, and it just it, it hurts the flow of the game. And, and I mean, sometimes these games go uh, into extra innings. I think there was a game I, last year that went 18, 19 innings. It was like over five hours long. I remember that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's that. just yeah. it's insane. And for a sport that I love and, and I get, you know, it's about winning. But if you're not also pulling in ratings, TV revenue and stuff like that outside of like the top teams, like the Yankees are always going to be there, right? The Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, these big market teams, but it's your small market teams who at first were were getting some advantage with these analytics because they were taking it more serious because these bigger payroll teams could just spend the money to bring these players in. Now everybody's doing it, and some teams now have more money to sink on the uh, the the saber metrics and have guys that are a little bit better with it, and, and now it's putting them at even a more advantage. So like I said, with, for Blake Snell to be pitching that great of a game and the next three batters, which was Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, and Justin Turner, which are some big bats, but they were literally 0 for 6 with 6 strikeouts in that game because the game is now also all about hitting home runs it's not about you know moving uh players over this is you know uh yeah moving players over sacrifice bunts i mean it's 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 about we we swing strikeouts are up um you know home runs are up i mean chicks dig the long ball i guess is what i'm trying to say well maybe they should adopt the uh, astros ability to like bang on trash cans and stuff <laughs> yeah and i think that's they probably had, like, sensors in their jerseys yeah works maybe for them should, maybe they, everyone should just bang on trash cans and cough and i mean that's probably the best way to overcome pitchers that are well, that's, on fire i mean that's a whole new argument too i mean because yeah, i don't want to get you started on that dan you'll no. talk for another 20 minutes on that yeah i mean I, I can talk sports so i know this is probably boring for a lot of our listeners because we do primarily talk about video games i know we've been trying to like you know stretch yeah, it like out. I said, so I figured... level down games podcast is branching out we are still primarily gaming but uh it is an all-purpose podcast so yeah i i figured I, this would be a place where i could just talk about how you Get upset your i am out yeah, I mean, uh, listen, uh, again, this is my second favorite sport. I, 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 As you, Brian, I played it growing up. Uh, just being in the Air Force was a little bit harder. Once my dad uh, retired and we moved to uh, Northeast Ohio, there was no way I was starting, uh, going to be starting in baseball, uh, coming straight in as a, what was I, a freshman that time? You know, these the kids that played for Maplewood were playing for no, years we had, together. We had, we had, and we had a really good baseball team. So Exactly. So I was never going to start. So that's why I never got into baseball once I moved to Ohio. So, yeah. So I just I hate that we we, we crunched the numbers a little too much. I know we're talking about doing uh, like uh, robotic umpires. I think that'll take away from the game and make it more boring. I think that's the nice that's thing awesome. is, that, is that different umpires. We already have, have cut out zones. fans, cut out cardboard fans. Now we can get robotic umpires. And man, the future's cool. <sighs> not for baseball. It's not. <laughs> Dude, we're just going to have robot baseball players pretty soon. I pretty mean, soon, point, man. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Just, Wasn't that a video yeah. game? Uh, robot I mean, baseball? Uh, it probably was. And if not, Hold it on. should be. Hold on. I'm almost positive there was like a robot robot baseball video game. Base Wars. 
No, Cyber Stadium Series. Oh, yeah, I, rem- I actually, that, that sounds familiar, actually. Oh, and there was another game called Super Baseball 2020. It's a futuristic baseball game uh, released in Japan for the Neo Geo in 91. Oh, dang. And then later in North America on the Sega Genesis in 93. And, uh, yeah, they're all robots because they were predicting that no humans would actually be able to attend the stadium because of COVID. <laughs> uh, let's talk games before we talk Kyle's uh, thing that is also non-gaming related. I want to talk a little bit of Mad Rat Dead because it's a game that didn't do very well when it comes to our Thunderdome that we do every quarter. I think it it was near, I don't want to say the bottom, but it was somewhere in that like bottom third. And we had a, you know, a very hefty list last time. Uh, but it's a rhythm game, if you remember. And you play as this dead rat. And there's like these, you know, these the, the beats on the bottom of the screen and you have to move to the beat of the music. Uh, I wasn't prepared for how you actually played the game. So I thought I would actually be like walking around as this rat and doing things to the beat of the music to move. You're you actually don't use like the joystick or the D pad or anything like that. You actually are pushing individual buttons to actually move this rat around. So X does, you know, I think X is dash circle might be or X is jump circle might be dash triangle is something and square is like a butt slam if you're up in the air. So it doesn't matter what you push as long as you're pushing the buttons to the beat of the music. So like you could stand still and just like keep jumping over and over and over again to the beat of the music to rack up your combo if you really wanted to, which I did to unlock a few trophies. But the extent of like how you're progressing through these levels and and how you're doing things is just by pushing the actual face buttons on the controller. And that's actually really fun because I enjoy games like Hatsune Miku or Elite Beat Agents and things like that, where you are just pushing buttons to the beat of music or even like Feet Rhythm Final Fantasy. There was a Kingdom Hearts version. I think the uh, the game that comes out in two weeks, the Kingdom Hearts spinoff game, Melody of Memory, I think it's called. I think that's a game that's similar where you're just pushing buttons. I like games like that. That one's that one looks more like a like a guitar hero type. Right. Thing and if with you, a controller. And if you break down Mad Rat Dead, it's sort of like that, too, because the little lines on the bottom of the screen smooth toward the middle and you just like push whatever face button you want to push, whether it's, you know, do you want to jump? Do you want to roll? Do you want to you know, are you in the air? Do you want to butt slide down? Whatever. You just push the button corresponding to that action when one of the lines reaches the middle of the screen. Now, you can actually like move this rat around with the joystick, but he moves incredibly slow and it's not worth it. Like you can actually move him around if you wanted to, but you can't do anything with him with the joystick. It's just there for like. I I really don't know why it's there because you never really need to use it, but there will come times where you like have to like get up to a wall and you might need to reposition yourself a little bit. But for the most part, you can get through the entire thing by dashing and jumping, which is what I typically do. There are like some little green collectibles to pick up. They don't really serve much of a purpose that I've noticed. They're just there to kind of like extend your streak, I believe. And you have sort of like a combo, just like Guitar Hero or Beat Saber or any of these like rhythm type games and you're slowly building up your combo. But what I think is interesting about this game is that 
you don't have to consecutively keep pressing buttons to keep the combo going. So like I could press a button or like jump 10 times in a row and then stop for like a minute while these beats keep coming and then pick back up. But as long as I keep pressing like in time with the beat, the combo will keep going. The only way the combo resets is if I push a button when the beat isn't actually there. So you don't have to like continuously press a button to keep your combo going up. And what's the punishment for that, though? Nothing. Nothing. There is no punishment. Okay. It's a very simplistic game. It's very simple. The story is kind of interesting. It kind of ties in a little bit to the Halloween season. There's this like mad scientist that's doing these experiments on these rats. And he ends up killing you, the rat that you're playing as. And when you die, this like rat king god appears and grants you like your final dying wish and your dying wish was to get revenge on the human that killed you and you go through this thing as this like a psychotic rat who's dead and his heart is sticking out and the only way he can like move around is to the beat of music and then there's these other rats that are like brainwashed and like it's 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 a really cool story that fits in well with the season so i'm glad i played i didn't finish it but i i played a significant chunk of it over the past week. I played a lot of games this week, as we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Um, it's fun. And, and the music is actually really addicting. It's it's all very like EDM cyberpunk sort of dance club type music. Now, and, see, and that was something that I thought was really weird when I looked into this game was that the music sounded kind of like polka E to me. There's some that are. Yeah, like it really oh, okay. like I, I heard like accordions in a lot yeah. of it, which was weird. Yeah, they, they use a lot of different instrumentation. There's not like one composer for this. Okay. There's multiple different composers that all just contributed songs to the game. So it's like a big amalgamation of different composers. So that's why you're having well, that's so kind of different... neat, though, for a game like this yeah. to get a lot of that variation. Yeah, exactly. So it's fun. It, if you like rhythm games, if you like anything you know like i said hatsune miku leap beat agents even like you mentioned guitar hero this might be a game to check out but otherwise it, it's probably not anybody else's cup of tea except for those that like rhythm games did you pick it up or is it on game pass or something i actually we got a code for it oh, so we did. Actually, oh cool. yeah i actually will have a review up for this uh later this week i just i want to finish it first but for sure, uh, definitely. I, I I will have one up for this. I actually uh, recently planned out my next like ten reviews that I want to write um, because it's we're about to get to the busy season. I mean, we already kind of were there, but it's happened. The busy season is here, so <laughs> I, uh, I I planned out like, okay, what reviews do I need to prioritize over others? So <laughs> now I know you didn't. We're not talking about it on today's episode, but did you jump into Watch Dogs Legion? I did. I've put about four or five hours into it so far. Okay. I did. Okay. And I and we I'm will excited be talking to hear your about thoughts that. on it. Yeah, that is uh, that is uh, that that it would spoiler. That will be the game that I, I discuss next week for the sad anus. So I, I will be talking a lot of Watch Dogs Legion. And uh, yeah, I hopefully I uh, hopefully I'll beat it before then. So who knows? But Kyle, you are taking us into the land of cinema. I am. And that's and the reason I'm doing this and the reason I chose this to talk about is twofold. Number one, I didn't play a lot of other video games this week besides World of Warcraft. And that is it makes me sad because I'm not even sure I really had fun doing that. The game is in such a weird state, but it hooks me in and it's just it's comfort food, you know? Yeah. 
It's like uh, it's like the the tacos from Jack in the Box. Like they're not good, but every now and then you're just like, you know what? Yeah, it's I time for that. a taco from Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how world of, that's how the current state of World of Warcraft is for me. So I played a lot of that. I don't want to talk about that again, though. Number two, this was a topic that I wanted to discuss on wanted to discuss on the media files, but I don't think we're going to. I think we're going to pass it up for a variety of reasons. Bringing it up here, I think, is worthwhile because Brian, I know you watched it, I, and we're gonna. I wanted I to did. talk real quick about Borat Two, Borat subsequent movie film, Borat subsequent movie film, and I, it has a longer subtitle. It's, oh, it does uh, something for the benefit of gift of prodigious g- bi- bride yeah. to vice premier Pence or something to make a benefit of yeah. one's great nation, Kazakhstan or something like that. Exactly, exactly. It's awesome. And I. Boy, I have some really mixed feelings about Borat 2. It is on Amazon Prime. It's considered an Amazon Prime original because they bought the distribution rights to it. And it is funny. I'll say that much. I went into it kind of hesitantly because while Borat was funny 14 years ago, I'm not sure that Borat would be funny now. And I didn't really have the stomach to go back and watch Borat, the first one. In, in preparation for this one, I remember the overall synopsis of Borat, and that was enough, I think, going into this one. If you know the Borat character, it's enough to go into the second movie. But I wasn't sure that I wanted more Borat in my life. I thought that was, you know, maybe that was a type of humor that worked really well in 2004 and wouldn't work super well in 2020, even though there is such a different political atmosphere now than there was then. And Borat's always kind of played around in that very iffy genre of humor where is it even okay that somebody says something like this or dresses up like this? You know, he I mean, I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen always toes that line. And we live in a different world now than we did in 2006. For sure. So going into this one, I think I went in a little hesitantly, but I do. I think when it coming out the other side of this film, I am happy with it. I still laughed a lot. I still, I mean, gasped and sighed and covered my eyes a couple times, you know, at the things that were happening on screen because he knows how to toe that line just so perfectly well. But it's a different movie than the first one, too. And I think a lot of the charm of the first one is lost because Borat in 2006 was a character that nobody knew. And so you get a lot of this awe and shock from it because because nobody knows who they're talking to. They think they're talking to this, you know, Kazakhstanian reporter who, by the way, is is not making fun of Kazakhstan in the movie. He's making fun of Americans who don't know what Kazakhstan is, right? Kazakhstan is a beautiful nation with a wonderful people. But this one even goes into the plot line a little bit of people knowing who Borat is. People, Borat's somewhat of a celebrity in the Americas. And so you get these multiple plots of, of Sasha Baron Cohen dressing up as Borat, dressing up as somebody else. Right. Which is which is this weird kind of layers. And then you've got Sasha Baron Cohen, who is who's English doing this really weird Borat Kazakhstanian accent doing a Southern American accent specifically for that scene, for the uh, for, for the dance scene. They I had to look it up, man. This is the debutante ball, correct? 
Yes. I assumed that's what you were talking about for the Southern accent. Well, yeah, you were talking he does about it a couple song. times, but that one, that one kind of specifically. Yeah. And this is a scene that is, I mean, wildly uncomfortable to watch. Oh, it's grotesque, man, but it's really funny. It's and very funny. <laughs> like I had to look to see because there's like it, there's already information out there on how they pulled off certain scenes. So I had to look and they actually told these people that they were filming a coming of age story. Right. And b- before they actually did it, they actually showed a picture of Sasha Barra Cohen to everybody that was at this thing. And the ones they used for the film were the ones that couldn't identify him. Oh, I see. Okay. So the the ones that we actually saw in the movie had no idea who he was as an actor. Okay. And the ones that did, they didn't actually put in the movie. That makes it so much worse because, because there's some really bad things that happen in that scene. Now, I do want to say the, I, I believe she's, Ukrainian, maybe, but the actress that plays his daughter in the film really knocks it out of the park. I mean, she nailed the same comedic style. Absolutely. Sasha Baron Cohen uses. I mean, nails it, nails that Borat style and does it so well. The straight face, the acting, you know, and and not backing down when things get too weird. You know, she's right there the entire time. And it's hysterical. I think that the two of them together make a good team. And more than anything else, more than, you know, the silly Borat quotes that we're bound to hear for the next two years as people watch this film and remember it and quote it to each other. I think more than anything else, I think we have to commend Sasha Baron Cohen for his ability to put himself in the funniest situations and get these absolutely bananas reactions out of people. You know, that's what Borat's about. And, it's, and he it's, was able to he he managed to hide it and like w- w- during the filming, like, you know, people weren't able to connect it to him or another Borat being filmed. Right, right. Like when he showed up as Donald Trump at the one convention, like nobody knew. But nobody knew that that was Borat. Yeah. yeah. But I went back and looked on social media and there were reports of some dude crashing this party dressed as Trump. <laughs> so it's like it actually happened like this wasn't staged. Yeah, exactly. And so good you know his ability to kind of to kind of make those events happen in this loosely connected plot of the film the plot of the film is not strong you know the plot of the film is basically there as a vehicle to get them into these situations but that they get there at all is amazing uh final thought rudy giuliani needs better screening and better security i mean that's that's it man the fact that that they were able to to get him they, into they a room. Pulled, yeah, the fact that they pulled that off, man. They, can you imagine? Wildly <laughs> impressive. Jesus. Yeah. Insane. So, otherwise, I mean, it's a good film. It is grotesque. It is hard R. There is nudity in it, and I believe it's all male nudity, fr- full frontal male nudity multiple times. Uh, so, so be aware of that going into it. There are multiple grotesque scenes that are there for shock comedic value. But if that's what you're into and you remember Borat fondly, I think there's more to like here. It's on Amazon Prime. Hello, everybody. It's Kyle from The Media Files. And if you don't know what The Media Files is, what are you even doing? The Media Files is a pop culture review to help you 
get through those boring water cooler conversations. Every episode, a special guest and I will be talking about something happening in pop culture, whether it's movies, television, music, books, sports, video games, you name it, we'll talk about it. Subscribe to The Media Files on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. All right, week 44, game challenge update. Did anybody, besides myself, finish anything this week? I did. I finished uh, Pumpkin Jack. Oh, nice. Pumpkin Jack. That takes you to 34. Kyle, you are on a roll, man. I'm cruising, you bud. Are on a roll. And, and uh, that review is up on Level Down Games. It is up on leveldowngames.com. You wrote a fantastic review for it. And you actually uh, just sent me your review for Hades, which will be up uh, today, the same day this podcast posts. Yeah, I kind of dragged my feet right in that one, but got it done, sent it to you. That's It'll okay. I drag, I drag my feet with every review I write, so. I uh, I know how it is. <laughs> but yeah, that takes you to 34 for the year. Like I said, you already beat your goal of 30, so doing good. Dan, did you finish anything? I did. I beat Mario 3 on Throwback Thursday last year. Oh, Thursday. did you? Ye- yeah. Nice. I didn't actually, uh, I-, I completely didn't tune in to Throwback Thursday this past week. So you did finish Mario 3. Did you Did it take the entire stream or no? No, I j- actually uh, finished it and then I jumped into some Earthbound. Okay, uh, I remember. Yeah. You, I remember you said you might jump into some Ultimate Mortal Kombat three. So, yeah, I tried messing with my Raspberry Pi, and I need to figure out what I need to do. I could get it to turn on, but I couldn't get it to boot to games. And I'm I'm new to the whole Raspberry Pi thing, and the one that I have has been sitting there for a little few months. So I need to figure out what I need to do. Okay, well. You got four games to go, Dan. That takes you to 21. Your challenge was 25, so you're getting there. Yeah, I, I've been on about a two-game-a-month pace, so I should hopefully uh, yeah, have it November, done by the end of November, the year. then December, then you actually like just completely, perfectly timed it. So Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I, myself, finished a handful of games this week because I have been in a really bad mental state, and all I felt like doing was sitting around doing nothing. And that was playing games. So I finished The Last Campfire, which I was already kind of near the end of. I just hadn't finished it yet because it's only like a four or five hour game. And I played it for like three hours the first sitting. So I just needed one more sitting to finish it. So I did that. I played through a couple of timely games this week for Halloween. I played through and finished Made of Skur, which is actually a relatively scary and fun game that I do recommend. I, like Kyle, played and finished Pumpkin Jack, which is phenomenal. I love that game, dude. It's really good. Yep, that was a good one. And I finished Vigil, The Longest Night. Oh, very nice. is an awesome little Souls-like game that got me ready for some Demon Souls here pretty soon. So uh, that's awesome. And I finished Super Mario 64 on that collection. I finally finished it. Oh, freaking perfect. I man. did. I did not get all 120 stars, though. I didn't. What? That's 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 a... I don't know what word I'm looking for. That's a shame. Uh, yeah, that's it. That might be the word. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like I said, I, I just don't have the desire to do all 120 again. Uh, yeah, that's I, that's a grind. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, I got what I got, but I finished it. And now I'm going to move on to Sunshine. And again, I'm not going to get all the shine sprites in that one either. I'm just going to finish it. But then when I get to Galaxy, I probably will get all of the the stars because i've never finished galaxy originally so i probably will do that one you're in for a treat man that game is so great yeah so 
five games for me this week. It's the most I finished in a while, but that takes me to 81. Um, still going to fall relatively short of that 110, though, because there's absolutely no way that I'm finishing 29 games in two months. I, I, I really mean, don't think that's possible. That's what that's it's like, what would it be? A, I mean, I guess technically it's possible, it's ga- but I it's don't a game see every it two my, days, roughly. Yeah, if you start today, see, I don't see myself doing it. So uh, I'm going to fall short, but that's OK. <laughs> and I have no idea if Sean beat anything, but I can probably tell you it was no. So. <laughs> if I was a betting man, which I am, I would put all my Sevian to say that he did not beat a game <laughs> this week. Yeah, so he's probably still at two. But Dan, speaking of Sevien, speaking of being a betting man, that music right there, it's time for the new release roulette. But before we get there, we got to go over last week's results. And Sean's not here. Sean's been on a roll, but he's not here this week. So we'll have to see what happens. We bet on six games last week. The first one, Carto. I guessed it would come in at a 78. Kyle, you put five on it going dead on. Sean put five on it going over. Remember, we use OpenCritic.com. Eight reviews, 79. The official oh top my, critic average. I am not. <laughs> 79. The official top critic Odds average. are against me, man. <laughs> so Sean coming through with 10 points there. Trails of Cold Steel 4 was next. I bet it would come in at an 81. Sean put four on it going dead on. The only one to guess it. 28 reviews, 85 the official top critic average. So no points. It went uh, well over what I thought it would. So that's awesome. Watch Dogs Legion. I guessed it would come in at an 84. Uh, Kyle, you put eight on it going over. Sean put 10 on it going over. 98 reviews, 75, the official Ooh. top critic average. So that one did not do nearly as it well. It is getting some seriously mixed reviews. I'll say that. Yeah, th- there are some issues, but it is a really fun game. But there are some issues. And the Watch Dogs formula is getting really boring. Mad Rat Dead was next. I guessed it would come in at a 70. We had six reviews, 75, the official top critic average, but no one guessed on it. So Pikmin 3 Deluxe was next. Dun, I, guessed, dun, dun, dun. I guessed it would come in at an 85. I got Kyle, here, man. Kyle, you guessed that it would come in under and you put 13 on it. Sean put four on it going under. Dan, you went all in. You put 30 on it going under. I guessed in 85. We had 39 reviews. 85 is the ton of guns. No points for anybody. 85, uh, baby. I called that one. Damn. Which takes us to our sixth and final game, Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope. I guessed it would come in at a 70. Kyle, you put four on it going over, and Sean put four on it going over as well. We had 47 reviews, 73 is the top critic average. So Kyle, you did earn eight points and Sean also earned eight points for a total of 18, but he's not here. So with eight points, Kyle, you win this week. You know, it's not even a good win. It's like Dan's only win. It's, it's a, a Dan yeah. win. This is a Dan win. Yeah. Yeah, this I won is a when Dan you win. weren't here one time, Kyle. This is a Dan win. This is a, this yeah. is a, this is a sad, here's a participation trophy oh, win. Now I, f- I know how you feel now, Dan. This is not yeah. a good feeling. Right, not a good feeling. It's like just oh, hand-me-downs. God. So, so Sean is, Sean is oh. on a roll, though. Sean I is on like a roll. I gotta go make a door or something. <laughs> I'm gonna go fall asleep on stream, guys. Uh, oh, jeez, man! Are you wearing Holy a white smoke. tank top? Yeah, uh, not yet, but I will be, and I'm not gonna shave for a few years either. <laughs> <laughs> it can take that long to grow it out. <laughs> oh man! 
All right, Kyle, that means you are the... Uh, Sean's not here for the sound effects. You are the big, bad, booty, duty, fruity, duty champion of leveldowngames.com or whatever. The Level Down Games podcast. And you get to have the final words and the pick of the week. So, congratulations. I'll take what I can get. Congratulations for your participation trophy. Oh, it's yucky. <laughs> We're doing four games this week. We're going to start off game number one coming to Nintendo Switch on Thursday. It is Cafe Enchant, which is a visual novel. This is one of Jessica's games, and I think she's going to do a uh, episode of her podcast on it. So we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll probably do that eventually. When is that Kotoni? Kotone? I don't know how you would pronounce that. It's a Kyle. You ever seen that one in Japanese? Yeah, no. Kotone. Sure. Kotone. When Kotone inherits her grandfather's Tokyo Cafe, she discovers the shop holds more secrets than anyone could imagine. The cafe is a meeting spot for beings from multiple mystical worlds. You'll meet the king of demons, a humanoid beast, a fallen angel, and more. And when government agents monitoring non-human activities show up at your door, your new cafe is about to become a lot more colorful. Game number two, coming on Thursday to PC, PS5, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. A game that actually, Dan, you put had pretty high. I don't know if I remember correctly. Yestermoro. Yestermoro is a single-player time-traveling 2D platformer, mixing action sequences with puzzle elements all wrapped up in an engaging story about our young hero, Yui, who must save her family and to change the fate of a world that has been plunged into endless night. This can only be done by journeying into the past and repairing the mysterious clock tower, controlling the cycle of time. This one does look cool, though. This one does. Uh, look cool. yes. This yes, one did look cool. I remember looking at this one and yeah, I don't hate this one it looks at all. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of rewinding time, I completely forgot to mention in Mad Rat Dead, you can rewind time too. like you can. If you mess up, you can actually rewind time and like start over. So <laughs> something else in that game. I just completely forgot about it. Game number three coming on Friday. Another game that Dan had really high. I think at like number two, stupidly or three or something like that on his Thunderdome list. Coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, Dirt 5. How high did you hide this? Have this one. It was high, uh, man. I don't know. I got my list right here. I'd have to wrangle. You had it. You had it really. You had it really high. It was uh, probably Dirt top five. Because you knocked it out early, didn't you? I did. And you were mad. So yeah, because I almost saved it. Dirt 5 is the boldest off-road racing experience created by Codemasters. Blaze a trail on routes across the world covering gravel, ice, snow, and sand with a roster of cars ranging from rally icons to trucks to GT heroes. With a star-studded career, four-player split-screen innovative online models, uh, livery, livery, livery editor, probably, and more new features. I don't know what that means, though, for the, uh, in terms of a car. I'm not a car guy. Dirt 5 is the next generation of extreme racing. Livery editor. I don't know what that means. Uh, I I actually don't know either. I had this at number four on my Thunderdome list. I thought you had it pretty high, so. I had it at, like, 46. Yeah, I had it really low, too. (laughs) 40, yeah. You had it at 46 well, out, of, think, out of 36. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh. Our fourth and final game for this week coming on Friday to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And it will be included in that uh, EA Origin Access Pro uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered. Feel the thrill of the chase and the rush of escape in Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered. Unleash a savage sense of speed both as an outlaw and a cop in the world's hottest high-performance cars. Outsmart the heat or take down lawbreakers with the tactical weaponry at your disposal in a heart-pumping, socially competitive racing experience. Updated with enhanced visuals, cross-platform multiplayer, including the asynchronous competition powered by Autolog, plus all additional main DLC, this is the ultimate edition of Criterion Games' critically acclaimed Need for Speed debut. It's time to reignite the pursuit. 
I'm looking forward to this. I think I'm going to pick it up. Actually, I don't need to. I have EA Origin Pro, so I'm just going to download it and play it. I mean, not a bad week overall. These are some big name games. Those are the games. Now, here are the scores for Cafe Enchant. I'm going to go with the 75 for Yestermorrow. I'm going to go with the 77 for Dirt 5. I'm going to go with an 80. And for Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered, I'm going to go with an 83. While the guys get their bets figured out, let's jump to this week's preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. A suggestion was brought forth to me that I enjoyed and caused me to change up this preview. Instead of picking a song that we've played before on BG Mania and playing it here, which is what we've done up till this point, we're going to include a snippet from the most recent full-length episode of BG Mania. And if you missed that one, go check it out. Myself and Jessica close out the month of October in spooky style with another episode of The Monthly Mash. Let's give it a listen. This month, I decided to obviously bring in a track from Crash Bandicoot 4, which I opened up with. Um, there really isn't like a lot of spookiness or areas in that game that would mm -hmm. remind you of Halloween, you know, like how in, in some of the various 90s platformers there were levels themed around like Christmas and Halloween and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was a little bit interested what song you were going to pick from this. Yeah, that one didn't really have anything. So I picked uh, Cortex Castle, which is toward the end of the game, but it sort of has like a spooky feel to it because it is a castle yeah. and the track has, you know, some, some, I guess, instrumentation that would remind you of that. But that's as close as I could get from this one. But I still wanted to play a track from Crash Bandicoot 4 because it is a game that I finished recently. You, uh, you threw some spice into there because you weren't expecting that one. Yeah, so. and it was the opening track. So maybe that was a I bad idea it. because it didn't really set the tone of the episode too well. But well, the, also the other I, I'm one full that... of bad ideas. <laughs> Brand new episodes of BG Mania are available every Wednesday and Saturday. Come join us on this musical adventure. I am going to go 15 over on Yestermorrow. And I am also going to go 15 over on Dirt 5. All right, Kyle. I'm going six points dead on for Yestermorrow, 14 points over for Dirt 5. Oh, you sent up a gun. You took one point on me there. So if I get nothing else and we both meet there, <laughs> and then 10 points dead on for uh, Need for Speed. Dan's trying everything he can to win. You know what's going to happen is either Yestermorrow or Need for Speed is going to be dead on and Dan's going to lose. Yeah, that, and I'm it's just exactly what it. I was saying. He's going to hit his dead ons and it's going to screw me. Yeah, that's what's going to happen is, is Dan's going to get like one of those right, but then Kyle's going to get the five point payout on one of those. And even if Dan just doubles his, Kyle would still probably tie with the dead on yeah. if it was Yestermorrow. <laughs> At least tie. <laughs> but if it's need for speed, then uh, then you're then you're then you're picking next week as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do get to pick this week. You do get to pick this week. And my pick this week is Yestermorrow. I'm actually looking forward to that game. I think it's really charming. My, my type of game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be picking it up. Yestermorrow looks good. That's probably would have been my pick as well. Uh, also releasing this week. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't pick Paw Patrol. Mighty Pup Save Adventure Bay. Because that Son comes out on Friday. Gun. That comes out on Friday for PC, PS4, Xbox. 30 points all in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I left myself a note so I wouldn't forget to talk about this. We have a interesting dilemma coming up here for the new release roulette. Because next week is the biggest week we've ever had in terms of like new releases. Mm -hmm. 
So we have the Xbox Series X coming out. We have the PlayStation 5 coming out and we have a handful of like high profile games. So I counted and there's like 30 plus games coming out next week. So I think next week, instead of a main discussion. Yeah, we're we're just going to do a new release roulette. I think we should. And and we're just going to go over every game that's coming out next week. Well, not next week, the week following, right? Well, it'll Two be weeks. next week. It'll be next week in terms of like the podcast. Okay, not recording next podcast. Time. No, this coming up podcast, the one that records on the seventh. No, yeah, there's not a lot of stuff coming out. It's the it's the following week where it's like the incorrect. PS5 and stuff. No, next no, week is that, the PS5. November tenth, November tenth, November and November twelfth. Well, yeah. that's what I mean. That's not going to be next podcast though. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. We talk about that. We, we, re- we record that on the seventh and then the 10th. Oh, you're, and then oh, the 12th. oh, that's when we do the guesses. You're right. OK, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, yeah, so, I'm yeah, so yeah. stupid. Yeah, no, we're, I'm talking like the new release for that. I'm so. a big idiot. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Does he not know how this does? What? Uh, <laughs> that's why you're not winning, Kyle. No, I was kidding. That's why I'm not winning anymore. I have no idea what <laughs> no, that's going sure. on. <laughs> It is time for the lightning round, the Sean Waltman lightning round, which, of course, is our weekly news wrap up. We put 12 minutes on the clock. Myself, Kyle and Dan will take turns going through these news stories and hopefully we should get through them all. I think we have like nine or ten here, so we should be able to breeze through these. We got 12 minutes on the clock. Then the what is this called? The Sean Waltman lightning round. I had a fucking brain fart for a second. It begins right now. Square Enix officially launched the Final Fantasy 16 teaser website this past Thursday, offering up way more information than we originally anticipated. Final Fantasy 16 brings players into a world where icons are powerful and deadly creatures that reside within uh, dominance, a single man or woman who is blessed with the ability to call upon their dreaded power. The story follows Clive Rosefield, or Rossfield, however you want to pronounce that, probably Rosefield, a young man dedicated to mastering the blade who is dubbed the first shield of Rosaria and tasked to guard his younger brother Joshua, the dominant of the Phoenix. Unexpected events set Clive on a dark and dangerous road to revenge. The land of Velisthea is studded with mother crystals, glittering mountains of crystal that tower over the realms around them, blessing them with ether. For generations, people have flocked to these beacons to take advantage of their blessing, using the ether to conjure magics that let them live lives of comfort aplenty. And plenty, I guess I want comfort a plenty sounds better. Great powers have grown up around each mother crystal and an uneasy peace has long reigned between them. Yet now the peace falters as the spread of the blight threatens to destroy their dominions. I'm and really actually, excited that Final Fantasy is getting back to fantasy instead of yes! like cool guys yes! with open shirts driving cars. Yes, dude, it's so it sounds so good. And this is actually just like a small snippet of information that I chose from the actual website. If you go to their actual teaser website for Final Fantasy 16, it's very in-depth. It talks a lot about like the icons, which are the summons in this game. Right. Uh, dude, it, it just it just sounds and looks so cool. Yeah, it got me pretty excited about the game. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The Amazing American Circus, a mixture of card game meets tycoon simulator meets adventure game, has been announced by developer Juggler Games and publisher Clubator. It's currently scheduled to release sometime in 2021 for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. The Amazing American Circus tells a story of the most iconic entertainment in American history. The USA during the Gilded Age is a turbulent place. On the East Coast springs up a modern metropolis, while in the West, cowboys and robber barons fight for their business. The new era is coming, and this is the last right moment for the circus to flourish. 
This is a place in time where you will have to write your own story and build a circus empire. You take the role of an impoverished owner of a traveling circus. Through your personal and multi-threaded story, the, the Amazing American Circus reveals mysteries behind a uniquely American form of entertainment, full of bizarre folklore, brutal crime, and social inequality, as it depicts a story of a struggle between a newcomer and an industry, industry giant, P.T. Barnum. How cool does this sound? How interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. I'm, you know, and, and I was out until they started talking about kind of what a dirty industry this was with the crime and the inequality that went into it. It, it was, it was not a fun industry to work in. And I think if it dives into that, that's going to make me dive into it because that's, that's going to be the story I want to hear. And, the, and apparently they're doing, I mean, I mean, we got Barnum here, so they're, they're they've got some sort of licensing going on. So that's kind of cool. Well, I think they're neat. allowed to just use him because he's a public figure. Oh, really? Maybe. I uh, are you not? I don't know. Public he's domain. Dead. Maybe. Like I, I would be allowed to put Albert Einstein in a game, wouldn't I? I have no idea. Hmm. Like, couldn't I just put Einstein into a game? I, 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 I don't or know. Like, maybe. Could I just have like Franklin Delano Roosevelt in a video game? Be like, <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the bad guy. He's the main he's boss. The, he's the villain. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he can. He's been the president for too long. He's been elected four times. I don't know if he can. Uh, Dan, Dan, go ahead. Continuing with their exploration of gaming IPs, Netflix has revealed plans to develop a live action series based on Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed franchise. A search is currently underway for a showrunner. That's exciting that we're finally getting a live action Assassin's Creed. I hope it ends up being good. Yeah. I mean, mean, you know, the the Witcher was good. So it's hopefully it's good. Yeah, The Witcher was good, so hopefully this one will be good as well. Did you guys ever see the movie with, uh, oh, what's his name? I did uh, not. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal or whatever his name is. No, it's not Jake Gyllenhaal. He was Prince of Persia. That's right. It's uh, the guy who, from X-Men. Uh, who, uh, oh, son of a gun. Oh, I don't remember who was in Assassin's Creed then. Yeah, you're right. Gyllenhaal was Prince of Persia. What the hell is the, what the name is? I don't, I don't remember. Okay, go ahead, read yours. I'm going to find out. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. I I mean, the movie. He's from Alien. He plays the android in Alien. I don't know. (laughs) November 2020's free games have been revealed from both Sony and Microsoft for members who currently subscribe to their respective online services. On Xbox One, Aragami Shadow Edition and Swim Sanity will be available to download, while the Xbox 360 will also have Lego Indiana Jones and Full Spectrum Warrior available. Sony kicks November off by offering up the first PlayStation 5 titles as users will be available to or as users will be able to snag bug snacks on PS5. And then over on PS4, you'll be able to get Hollow Knight, Void Heart Edition and Middle Earth Shadow of War. Awesome month for PS5 and PS5. Michael Fassbender. But yeah, this is, I mean, this has sold me on getting uh, the PS5 Plus Live, Bugsnax. whatever it's called. Yeah. Bugsnax. Uh, the launch one. title for the PS5. Yeah. Bugsnax. I was going to get Bugsnax anyway. So absolutely. Yep. So yeah, it me works too. out. Me too. Story of Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town has been announced by X Seeded Marvelous for the Nintendo Switch. It's currently scheduled to release on March 23rd, 2021, in both North America and Europe. The long awaited brand new entry in the original Farm Life Simulation franchise brings players more freedom than ever before to shape an untamed wilderness and customize their farm down to the very tile. A new cast of marriage candidates, a town that grows and thrives along with your farm, and a request system highlight the new features, all while retaining the core elements of the Story of Seasons series. Finding Earth Spirits, Sprites, Earth Sprites, while exploring your farmland may lead you to mysterious, fantastical lands such as gardens where the seasons never change, an island in the sky, or even the inside of a volcano. 
I think I'm going to pick this up. I usually get the new Story of Seasons games. Um, I haven't picked up the the remake, the Friends of Mineral Town, the one that just came out. I probably will get right. I might actually pick that up on Black Friday, but uh, I usually get these games. And the fact that they're saying now you, that your town is going to grow alongside your farm. That's exciting to me. Really exciting. So, I think I might get it, too, honestly. Yeah, that's exciting to me, because if you can actually build up your town as well, that's pretty cool. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment and developers Lucid Games announced earlier last week that Destruction All-Stars, which was originally set to be a launch title for the PS5 next week, has been delayed until February 2021. Fear not, though, because when it launches, it'll be available as a free download for PlayStation Plus members for two months. Users who have already pre-ordered the game, be it via PlayStation Store, PlayStation.com, or at retail, will have their purchases refunded. Another good reason to have PS Plus. Yeah, it's I mean, a no-brainer it's... if you're getting the PS5. Yeah, you gotta have I mean, PS Plus for this alone. Yeah, so this, it sucks this that looks we're gonna wait so good. a few extra months, but it's gonna be free now. It, and it looks awesome. I can't wait to yeah. jump in. It's going to be something that I put a lot of time into. And February is getting to be a pretty packed month. Starting so, to get stacked. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned earlier you've been playing a lot of Warcraft. Blizzard has revealed that World of Warcraft Shadowlands, the next expansion, which was originally supposed to be released on October 27th. We should have been playing that right now. will now be releasing worldwide on November 23rd. A pre-launch event begins on November 10th, featuring the return of the Scourge and the first raid, Castle Nathria, as well as Season 1 of PvP, begins on December 8th. Man, I don't have high hopes. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to get it. Don't have high hopes, though. I I do. I hope it's good. I, I think it will. Oh, be. I hope more than anything it's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The additions to Xbox Game Pass keep on rolling in. Last week on October 27th, Carto was added for both PC and consoles. On October 29th, Day of the Tentacle Remastered, Full Throttle Remastered, Grim Fandango Remastered, Unruly Heroes, not remastered, and Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> were all added for console and PC. This week on Thursday, Celeste, Deep Rock Galactic, East Shade, and Knights and Bikes will all be made available on PC and console, while Comanche? Comanche. Let's go with that. Will be made available on PC only. Finally, on November 17th, users will get access to ARK Survival Evolved Explorers Edition on console and PC. Um, Game Pass is ridiculous, dude. It's amazing. And I've been wanting to play Deep Rock Galactic for so long, and I've never pulled the trigger. This is it. Now I get to. And I mean, Celeste is incredible. Knights and Bikes is something that, you know, we talked about that game when it first came out. It's a very cutesy like type. I mean, I think that people will probably enjoy that. And they put all those freaking remastered LucasArts. Yeah, games how about Grim Fandango? So cool. So cool. Yeah. Game Pass is really a gift that keeps on giving. Nintendo has officially announced that Braver Bravely Default 2 will launch for the Switch on February 26th, 2021 worldwide. Told you February is getting stacked. It's it really so is not a game I'll be getting probably, but I, I a game it. I will be getting and definitely putting a lot of time into. I love the uh, Bravely Default series. So, all right, Brian, take uh, us out. Yep. Uh, taking this out. We got delays, more delays to end the lightning round. CD Projekt Red announced that Cyberpunk 2077 will be seeing a 21 day delay with its previously planned November 19th release shifting to December 10th. And then Ubisoft announced that both Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine have been delayed past March 2021, currently set to release sometime before March 2022. Okay, this Cyberpunk 2077 delay, I understand that it's only a three week delay. But it's really not a good look this close to release. What is this? The fourth delay? Third or it's fourth? Not only After that, it already but went it, gold though, right? Too. It did. It did go gold, and then it got delayed. And this is such a 
such a man. It puts such a wrench in terms of like people's game of the year type conversations. Because a lot of cut off. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like to do that stuff, you know, at the end of November, early December. I'm thinking this year we're going to have to do something a little different because I, I think it needs to be in the discussion, man. Like we may have to actually do our game of the year stuff like either the last week of the month in December or the first week of January. Like we might need to do something a little bit different this year to make sure cyberpunk gets included. Well, I just want to say too, it's not a good look for the game and for them to have to delay it this many times. And especially, I mean, it's just three weeks. I understand that, but something doesn't feel right behind the scenes there for them to have to do this. I'm I'm, I'm telling you guys, it's going to be a flop. I don't I think it's going to be a flop. I just I don't freaking think. freaking hope not. And CD Projekt Red does not have the best track record with development and development times and how they treat their developers either. They're, they've been working 100 plus hours. Like that's the crappy thing too is now yeah, these guys got 20 more. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. 21 extra days, you know, working. This is time where, you know, hopefully these guys are going to be able to wind down and kind of enjoy the holiday time. And now, you know, there's 21 extra days of long ass weeks that these guys are going to be working, which is unfortunate because they also said that they wouldn't be, I can't remember what the term is, but they wouldn't be crunching to get this game, you know? So they're contradicting everything that they said before this game was coming out. They weren't going to make their guys work long hours. They're doing it. You know, they're delaying the game after it already went gold. It's yeah, it's not a good look right now. Definitely not. So we'll see. But hopefully it's good. Hopefully it ends up being good. Hey, everybody, it's Jessica here. And I decided to do my own podcast called Romance Me Up. That's where every other week I like to discuss with you guys casually different romantic visual novels and help you guys get romanced up on a bi-weekly basis. If you guys like to talk about romance visual novels or even just to like to listen to romantic visual novel music or just visual novel music in general, please feel free to join me again every other week. I will see you guys then and until then, keep the romance alive. Twas the week before next gen and all through the podcast. Not a Shanzi Worcester. I don't know. I don't know. No, dude, uh, I thought you had set right up for this. I was like, I did. Oh, where are you going? I, I didn't. I actually, <laughs> oh, I actually just was making it up on the fly. But we are one week away, unless you're Kyle, who doesn't know when the PS5 and Xbox Series X comes out, from next generation No, no, coming. no. See, I know when it is. Shut up. <laughs> and I want to have a little bit of fun here and just kind of like talk. What the hell are we going to do next week? And since we are coming into this, you know, more console launches that I mean, console launch memories, we can talk that uh, we could talk your favorite launch consoles, purchase plans for next week. Let's just have some fun because it is the week before next gen. I have I've been one of those people that camped outside of a Best Buy for a console before. I've camped. I've camped outside of a Toys R Us. I okay, camped well, outside of a Circuit City. There you well, go. Look at us. We're hitting all the big ones. Yeah. Toys R Us GameCube. November 2001, baby. November 18th, 2001. Which was for the... GameCube. GameCube, okay. Yes, GameCube. See, I camped out of a Best Buy for a Wii. Oh, okay. I camped out at Circuit City for the Wii. I worked at GameStop when the Wii came out and pre-ordered my own. It was a really, really fun time. I mean, I remember we made friends with the people that were next to us in line and 
people that weren't waiting for the week came and hung out with us for a, for a big portion of the night. My buddy Jared and I actually were the ones that stayed out all night and got Twilight Princess, you know, for it when that came out. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, it was just such a fun time. I really love this time of the generation when you start to see new things come out and you start to see, you know, how people experience the console. Inevitably, you'll hear about how this console's overheating. People are already experiencing red rings of death and this and that, you know, but it's it's still such an exciting time. I think that that nothing gets better than this, this time in the industry. Obviously, you know, this is when what people wait for. And this is a really monumental kind of console release. Also, because we're getting away from what consoles meant at a, at a certain point. You know, I think that Sony is really still holding on to consoles as we used to know them, where you buy a game, you put it in, and it's just about this experience that you're going into. And that's what Sony's always done well. And Microsoft is giving us this kind of weird hybrid entertainment box that we can rent games online from. You know what I mean? With Game Pass. And yes, yes. Sony has that too with their with their system, but Xbox Game Pass, like we just talked about, is ridiculous. And I'm getting the Xbox Series S only so that I can play Game Pass on my TV. That's a big reason why I want a Series X. I mean, clearly yeah. I, I want one anyway, but a big reason why I want one is because console Game Pass is better than PC Game Pass. Absolutely. I And yeah, that's inarguable. And that's why I'm getting the S because I don't actually plan on getting any physical games for the system. I'm just getting it as a Game Pass machine. Right. Which I'm totally fine with. Now, I do. I think I'm the only person that has a pre-order for both. Is that correct? You are. Yeah. You. Yeah, that is correct. I was I was actually talking with a buddy yesterday. He's like, you got both of them. And I was like, yeah, dude, I got a pre-order in on both. He's like, how did you do that? Man, the gods smiled on me that day. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. <laughs> they did. They definitely did. I tried so hard to get that Series X pre-order. Uh, speaking of camping, Jessica and I were actually just potentially making plans to camp out for the Series X. So you're going to like, build a fire, dude. It's snowing where you are. I know it's going to be probably really cold. Next build week, a fire so. and set it dude are you gonna actually you got to bring a tent with you maybe like a little space heater well probably what we'll do is the same uh so when i camped out for the gamecube it was myself and my grandma and um we just took turns like we could we kept the car running basically with the heat on because again it was it's it's generally always snowing in in november here i mean it has been a little iffy the last couple of years global warming is real but uh you know we haven't been getting nearly as much snow as we used to but we just kept the car running and we just take turns standing in line and one of us would sit in the car one of us would stand so if jessica and i do that we might just end up doing that you you should just park the car in the line and just park it up on the sidewalk and Ooh, just leave that's the car a good idea in. that's a good idea Maybe Wonder charge how. people like five bucks a half hour to get in your car. Yeah, and stay warm. come in, warm up. You know, that's actually yeah. not a bad idea. I'm just saying that's not a bad idea. But if we camp anywhere for the Series X, it's going to be Best Buy because I need to go somewhere that's doing the Xbox All Access. And right, it's, right. It's them, Target, GameStop and I think somebody else. But. I guess I could camp at Target if I really needed to, but I don't think GameStop's getting any extra. So I don't think that's going to be the spot to camp. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is it for sure that these uh, Best Buy and Target are going to be getting extras to have on release day? Microsoft has promised that stores would have extras. So I don't know. (sighs) 
I mean, I guess there's mm. always a possibility that there isn't. However, I did see that um, Best Buy's Black Friday ad came out and they are advertising the Series X and S and PS5 all will be available on Black Friday. Yeah, so I, I camped out for a Wii uh, in front of a Circuit City. Now, I kind of had an advantage because at that time I was working midnights, so I was used to being up all night. Um, so I just had to deal with the Ohio cold. But the cool thing was, I think it was like at one or two in the morning, um, they came, uh, the uh, manager or whatever of that Best Buy came around and was like handing out hot chocolate and hand warmers. So that was really cool. Nice. And then at 6 a.m., they came and gave us our tickets so we could go and we went and got breakfast right there. I think there was an IHOP right there. I was waiting in line with uh, two other friends and we just went to IHOP. I think it was open 24 hours at the time and we just got some food and just kind of hung out around the area until uh, Circuit City had opened at, I think, 10 o'clock. And then we went and got our pre-orders or whatever you want to call them. That's awesome. Yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. And like Kyle said, we you know, we were we were talking to other people and just reminiscing about video games. I think I had uh, mentioned Earthbound at some point and somebody, you know, I again, it was very hard to find people that know what Earthbound is and found a few people in line that knew what it was. So it was cool to just talk about, you know, those games and just, you know, kind of like we're doing now talking about our video game uh, console release memories and stuff like that. It, you know, it was it was a really cool uh vibe yeah i feel like you wouldn't maybe have uh, nowadays waiting in line people are always like in a rush and not so friendly as it was back then so uh yeah it was it was a really cool memory to have um and then i did end up uh waiting in line for a nintendo switch it wasn't uh, as bad i went to target uh here in the south and uh waited and i was 13 out of 12 so then i ended up going to uh toys r us i think it was actually the last thing i purchased at the toys r us before it closed but i went and waited in line and got my nintendo switch uh there was that on launch day it was on launch day because I, I wasn't going to get the Switch. And then uh, as it got closer, I was like, well, man, maybe I should have pre-ordered one. Now I kind of want one. So I was like, uh, so I ended up getting up and, uh, yeah, we're going to wait in line at Target, missed out, and then uh, drove to the Toys R Us and uh, lucked out. What time did you get to Toys R Us? That's crazy. You still got one. It was. I think they had like 26. They had a little bit more, but I, I don't know if people were, if it was, I guess, in demand here. Um, I'm trying to think because I think Target came out and handed out tickets, and that's how I found out. I think I waited in line for a few hours. What and time then did you I, get to Target? I, I'm trying to think because I came home and I was talking to the wife how I was bummed out. I missed it by one. And she's like, well, just go just go to Toys R Us. Just go. So I went there expecting to just show up and see a long line. I, and maybe I'm trying to think if I waited uh, till eight for Target. So I probably got to Toys R Us probably like an hour, an hour and a half before it opened. And I was I think I was like, uh, I don't know, like the 15th in line. Dang. Yeah, so, uh, and like I said, they had uh, X amount of the uh, blue and red uh, versions and then the controllers and then the uh, just the gray uh, version. So I was able to get the uh, the colored one that I wanted. So, yeah, it worked out. I, uh, I'm actually really curious, you know, talking about like launches and times and all that kind of stuff. I was wondering with COVID and everything going on, if there will be actual midnight launches for the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 this year. Because I don't know, I don't know man. We have our pre-orders, Dan. You and I both have them from GameStop. And I'm curious if, like, we'll be able to go pick up the PS5 that night 
or if we'll have to wait till like the next day. I don't know, because I, I mean, probably regardless, I probably I have to work. So I'll probably actually my plan right now was to get off work and then just go straight to GameStop and pick yeah. up my pre-order. But it'd be hard not to be tempted to go pick it up for midnight launch I know, and I call know. off work. <laughs> I, 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 I'm hoping that we'll find I me. Mean, obviously, we're going to find out more. I mean, I guess I could probably call and find out. But uh, I, I don't think anyone's actually like put out a, a release or anything saying like if they're going to have like midnight launches or anything like that. But I think I'm more interested in knowing what people are going to do for the Xbox Series X, because that's the one, like I said, that I might have to actually go and try to camp for. Yeah, unfortunately, I won't be able to camp. So I'm, I'm wondering how easy or how much will be available into the holiday season and how easy it will be to get. I guess right now I'm planning on not having an Xbox Series X for the rest of the year just because it will be a little bit harder for me to get. I won't be able to camp out just with right. work and all that. So I don't know. I don't know. But I, I do want to get my hands on the Series X because, again, we talked about you know the value of Game Pass, and I do have Game Pass, but I'm about to trade in my uh xbox one x because right now gamestop is offering up to 200 dollars for the ps4 pro and the xbox one x uh when going towards uh, a pre-order or purchase of the ps5 and uh, xbox series x so i'm going to take advantage of that and i didn't want to give up my ps4 pro yet because i actually think i'm going to move that to the living room um and have my ps5 in the game room so uh, but the xbox i i don't have a whole lot of ties except for the game pass and i know that i'd rather trade that in and put that money towards my ps5 right now um is it only the pro that you can get up to 200 dollars for or is it also the regular ps4 no the regular ps4 uh let me check it's on it was in their new weekly ad uh it hadn't broke down let me see if i can find it real quick yep we got last page uh right oh nope uh, uh, so you can get up to $200 for the PS4 and the Xbox One X. You can get up to $175 for the PS4, one terabyte, and Nintendo Switch. And then you can get up to $125 for the PS4, the 500 gigabyte, the Xbox One S, the Nintendo Switch Lite. And then you can get up to $100 for the Xbox One, 500 gigabyte. So I wonder, because I'm trading in, um, uh, I, I wanted to trade in because we have a regular PS4 and a PS4 Pro. Um, I want to keep my Pro and we're trading in the regular, but I put a different hard drive in that PS4. So I'm wondering because it's a it's a two terabyte hard drive. That's what I have as well. Actually, I think I have that in my Pro. So I'm wondering I have I well, I have the a two terabyte in um, in both i think actually i think there's a two terabyte in both of the of the places will they take the trade in if you don't have a the hard drive that came with the system i don't know i think so because like you have to have the power cord the hd do you have to have the original hdmi cord i know this is going to be a silly question do you have to have the original hdmi cord uh when trading in a system or just a hdmi cord I don't think you need any HDMI cord. See, I thought you did. Like, I've, I've been doing some research. I thought you had to have the power, the HDMI cord, and a controller to trade in the system. No, I don't think so. I think it's just the controller and the power cable. Hmm. But and, unless it's changed, unless it's changed from... Well, I know you when worked I, at a GameStop. I, so I, I did, but were... it's it's been a long time. It was been a while, but, you know, HDMI cables were sort of like new technology when I was there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, now you can get them on Amazon for like, three bucks i guess if thinking about it like when i was working at gamestop 
I think you did have to have the red, yellow and white gables. So I'm wondering if maybe you do need the HDMI cable. Because I don't have Maybe. the I don't know where my original one is at because I use a I used a longer. I don't think you would uh, need the original. OK, I mean, you don't so even need just, the original controller. You would just need a controller controller. Correct. So, yeah. So I, I don't know, but I think you should be OK. But I am trading in a fuck ton of stuff this week. That is my plan. Actually, on uh, tomorrow and Tuesday, I'm going to be going through all of my stuff. And I, I think I'm to the point where I'm tired of holding on to things like I don't know. I, I've been in a really weird mood lately. And we, like I, I, I talked about it a little bit with you, Dan, and I mentioned it on BG Mania, which Jessica and I just put up this past weekend. But there's a lot of construction going on at our house right now. Um, you know, they're adding a bunch of stuff up to the on the first floor. And we have like this giant dumpster out front. I threw a bunch of stuff away. Like I, I just I'm, I'm tired of hanging on to everything. And I'm at the point now where. Because I'm going to be 100 percent honest, I buy a lot of video games. I think it's pretty obvious based on how much I say I buy and play and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't make a lot of money. So all of my savings that we've been using toward, uh, you know, for every all like level down game stuff, I, I've burned through a majority of that. And we're to the point where next gen is here and I really can't afford much in terms of like launch games. So in order for me to be able to actually like continue to talk current stuff, I think I need to get rid of some things. So I'm going to be going through all of my PlayStation 4 physical games, all my Switch physical games, all the PS3 physical games. I still have the 360 physical games. I still have my 3DS, my Vita. I'm going to be going through and I'm going to plug each single one into GameStop's website and see how much they trade in for. And I'm going to see how much I can get. Like if a game's only worth like a couple bucks, I'm not going to trade it in. But I, I think I'm going to set a, a limit of like, I won't trade in for anything more than X amount of dollars. And it's not going to be high. Like, I'm thinking like six or seven bucks. Like, if a game is only trading in for four dollars, I'm probably going to hang on to it. If a game is trading in for five dollars, depending on what the game is, I might bite. But if a game is trading in for like six or seven then I'm going to probably do it regardless because I have a lot. I have a lot of physical games and my plan is to try to get to at least 300 in terms of trade in. Okay. And if they're giving a hundred and would you say 125 for uh, even if they only give me base 125, you know, because I have a, a different hard drive in there, even Correct. if they only give me what it would have been without. But what was the one terabyte? Was it 150? Uh, one terabyte PS4 was 175. So say they give me 175. Uh, I would just need $125 worth of games. And the ones that I looked up yesterday were already pushing like 80 or 90 bucks. So I think I can I think I can pull this off. I should be able to comfortably afford everything I want to get for launch games. I should be able to afford the extra controller and hopefully, you know, have enough left over to pay for cyberpunk and maybe some other things, too. So I'm going to trade in. You know what? I and, and that's just like the minimum. But like because I think I'm in this kick of like, I'm probably going to get rid of some things. I don't need to hang on to this stuff. Like I, I hang on to it because it's nostalgia factor. And like I had sentimental value to it. But honestly, I don't play them that often. Like 
all of my old stuff, I'm not really going out there and playing it that often. And because GameStop does take retro stuff, like I can look up GameCube stuff. I can look up PS2 stuff. I can look up all of these like games that I still own and potentially make a decent chunk of change that'll help me out for the rest of this year. And even as we get into like next year, because of um, how stacked February is going to be like as much credit as I can get, I'm going to take. Yeah, I just did a quick Google search. I'm not sure P- uh, GameStop will take a PS4 where they swapped out uh, HDD. Oh, they don't? Yeah, just a quick Google search looking. And this was from a few years ago, two years ago, uh, just kind of looking on Reddit. So, I, again, it, it could definitely be different because it seems like like that's more of a common thing now where, you know, it wasn't probably back in the day, obviously. But uh, with people wanting bigger hard drives, I mean, I, I don't see the issue, but you never know. Um, I guess you could always call and ask uh, to just double check. Do you still have the original hard drive? I don't think so. I think it might have been something I threw out recently. Like it might have been in a box, but I don't think so. It sounds like they say that they'll boot them up and then check to see what the hard drive space is on the system. And then that's how they know, obviously, like if it's, you know, two terabytes, that's how they know. But again, this was like an older article on Reddit, just a quick Google search. Maybe you could do some more digging with more time. Yeah, I'll dig. Um, and I'll, I mean, I'm probably going to call because yeah, uh, I, I want to find out if they're doing the uh, the midnight launch anyway. So true true what you were talking about you know holding on to games and stuff like that and i i was kind of that way as well but like yeah eventually like it all kind of clutters and like that's kind of i know they make uh big deals about backwards compatibility but like to me that's not like a a a game breaker for me like i'm not too worried about backwards compatibility i know like they keep talking about you know the difference between xbox and playstation and the backwards compatibility does backwards compatibility matter to you guys um to an extent to an extent, but like not severely. I mean, I like it because there are games that I haven't played that I'll want to go back and play. Correct. But like, I don't know. So like sometimes I just feel like I don't have the time. Like if I don't play like a game within like, you know, a few months, like I, it's, it's hard for me to find time to play it. And I guess that could just be on me with just time measurement, time management time management and how piss poor i am at it but like i just backwards compatibility i just don't get the uh the way people get sometimes over it i think the backwards compatibility is going to be nice this time around because there are some high profile games coming out on playstation 4 and xbox one like cyberpunk that aren't going to initially be available on ps5 or xbox series x so having that backwards compatibility is going to be nice because i'll be able to you know just play those straight from the PlayStation 5 or a Series X. Well, that I get. Like, being able to play PS4 games on PS5 and Xbox One on Xbox Series X. But, like, you know, the people, like, some some people complain about, like, PS3 games or PS2 games and stuff like that. And it's like, man, I, I just, I don't know, just graphically and all that stuff, sometimes I, I don't, really, the only games that, like, I like to go back and play are, like, Nintendo games because I feel like you know, it holds up better than like what PS2 games look like. Like I'd rather go play SNES games than like PS2 or PS1 games or, you know, even Xbox 360 or whatever games, just because I don't know, graphically to me, like Nintendo games like hold up better. But again, that could just be a personal preference. Right. No, I get that. Uh, I did a little quick digging, Dan. It looks like if you trade in a PlayStation 4 with a different hard drive, they charge you the refurbished fee for the console. So that would be like 25 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, OK. So okay. I think I so that means I could probably trade in that. But 
I would only get it for the 125. But then they would take the, so I'd probably get 100 bucks for it, which okay. it's, it's better than nothing. That's no, very true. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's better than nothing. And if you don't have the the original hard drive, um, then, yeah, I mean, again, it, it's better than nothing. Better than nothing. Uh, before we jump to kickstart my heart, what are you guys buying next week? Who's buying what for their launch consoles? So I've got the Series S coming, presumably release day, which is actually my birthday. No, but I'm not opening birthday. it. Oh, yeah, I'm it's a Christmas it gift, right? Putting it under the Christmas tree. Wait, you're going to you're going to launch it and like set it up, though, right? You said you were going to like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I do I'll have do to do that before updates. I wrap it up. Yeah. I, and yeah. I'll probably do that like a week or two before Christmas. I'll set it up just to get the updates. So I didn't know if you're going to wrap it or if you were just going to like wait to wrap it. No, I'll probably put it up in my closet somewhere. And then it, it, I mean, my studio. Uh <laughs> put it put it up there and then like a week or two before hook it up update it sign up for game pass or yeah, at maybe, least maybe download for some game games on there or something that way it's ready to go right yep so that we can just plug it in and go on christmas day uh but ps4 5 ps5 day hopefully i get it on time because i didn't take that day off which is a thursday but i don't work fridays and so i have friday saturday sunday and then i took off monday smart so just in case it doesn't come in time then i'll have one extra day you know if it comes like wait, a day or two later. yeah wait kyle you said you've been off since wednesday i just realized you've been off since wednesday because you took this time off to play warcraft yeah yeah this is my warcraft day off yeah yeah, no, but I but I when we did the new uh, when we talked to the news and how Warcraft was supposed to release on the 27th, I just realized that's why you're off this week. And then that's it got why, delayed. That's why I took a day off. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking losers. But uh, but yeah, the PS the PS5 hopefully comes on time. I'm actually getting the DualSense is supposed to be here tomorrow. I ordered an extra DualSense that should be here tomorrow. Nice. So I can have yeah, I was some, wondering uh, if GameStop was going to get theirs early. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, sounds like I'm getting mine early. I'll let you know if I do. But yeah. are you going to open it if you get it early? Oh, uh, yes. Are you going to rub it against your face? And <laughs> I'm going to rub it against my yeah. genitals. I'm going to sleep with guess, it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? But uh, that's gross. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I treat my controllers nicely. Uh, not that nicely, though. And I'm getting I'm getting Miles Morales. I'm getting Sackboy. And I'm going to sign up for the PS Now, whatever, so I can get or PS what PS plus so I can get black stacks. Yeah. I for me it's gonna come down to money. I mean me and my wife try to budget and if there's games I want, you know, we try to put that in our budget. Um there's I mean Godfall I'm slightly interested in. I'm interested in Dirt Five, Call of Duty, um the Black Ops I'm interested in. So what 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 is what is your like definitive I'm buying I'm gonna be playing this next week like what are you actually buying do you know i i don't know i will have okay. miles morales fin- as long as my ps5 comes i'll have miles morales finished within that weekend most likely the weekend yeah yeah most likely yeah i could see myself finishing it quickly too because i'm on the fence with godfall plus like also destiny beyond light comes out and that's it up does? there on my list. Yeah, it comes out. Um... No, I'm saying it does. Like it actually comes oh. out next week. Uh, yeah. And, and I think it's even included in Game Pass. It is. So I wonder if I think I can. And I've thought about moving over to uh, PC to play on um, uh, 
Destiny, but if it's free with Game Pass, that could that could maybe save me. I don't. I think the, I don't exactly know what the expansion costs, but that might save me a few bucks if I just swap up. But then, see, I don't have an Xbox. I'm trading in my Xbox One, so I won't have a Series X. So I might be stuck getting it for PS5. I I don't know, man. I'm up in the air with what I'm going to be playing next week because, like I said, Godfall. I'm on the fence about it. it looks interesting, but I. And what is that? Is that a seventy dollar game? Probably. Right. So like that, I mean, now we're getting into the point, you know, I know 60 is a lot of money, but now like 70, it's like, man, that's only like 30 bucks shy of a hundred dollars. Like, and I don't want to spend, I, I guess I just have to be strategic with, uh, my money and what I'm going to spend. Like I said, it's, uh, and, it, and being in the middle of the week too, is a little more crunch. Um, cause my wife does only get paid once a month. So like I said, we we're very strategic on how we budget our money and, and, I guess I wasn't planning for all of these games at one time, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to be playing. Well, you could be playing Astro's Playroom because that's included for free. On <laughs> I know, 5, right? So. I mean, I'm definitely getting there's a first and bug snacks, bug snacks. Well, yeah, bugs. But yeah, that's with PlayStation Plus. Well, yeah, but you so, have yeah, that. We'll don't, be, don't you? Yeah, I'll be playing that. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So you at least will have those two games, two free games. Astro's Playroom go. and Bug Snacks. Yep, that's Dan's PlayStation Five launch lineup, baby. Well, I think Black <laughs> and Shadow Ops, of War. He'll be talking about that one in two weeks. I think Black Ops. I'll be playing. Yeah, Cold War. I, th- I think right now that's the one game I know for sure that I'm getting. And are you getting that on PlayStation Five because of the? I think I'm going content? to. I think I'm going to yeah. get on PS Five just because they get the exclusive stuff for a year, and because now like it'll look really good. You know, like before the argument to get it for the PC was because, you know, it plays better, more FPS. But you know, now with these consoles being able to run a, a better FPS um, than PS Fours, uh, I, I think I'm going to get it for PS Five. Okay, nice. Uh, I have some hefty plans for next week. I don't know. We'll see what I can actually pull off. Uh, obviously, Bug Snacks and Astro's Playroom, as we just joked around about, I will be playing those. Uh, Demon Souls is my number one. Like, if I could only afford one launch game, it would be Demon Souls. Like, I okay. would be buying that. Um, I also plan on buying Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I plan on buying Sackboy. So I'm definitely, like, like those are probably one, two and three in that order in terms of like what I want to buy for for sure. If I can afford to pick up other things, because I'm going to be playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla through um, the Ubisoft, uh, whatever they call their thing, uh, Ubisoft Connect, whatever. Now, that's how I'm playing Watch Dogs Legion. I mean, I signed up for that to play Legion. I'll be playing Valhalla through that as well. So I don't really I won't be getting that on on consoles. Um, Cold War. I might pick up on PC eventually, but probably not right away. Um, I think I will pick up Godfall if I have enough credit left over to afford it because it does look fun and I do want more stuff to play on the PlayStation 5. So if I can afford Godfall, I'll probably pick that up and The Pathless, which is like a little indie title, but it looks really fun. Uh, I plan on picking that up as well. If I have extra, I'll consider like looking into either Dirt 5 or NBA 2K21 just to have either a racing or a sports game on on the new console, because I usually like picking up those as well. Um, but that's not like a, a necessity by any means. Yeah, that's kind of towards the bottom yeah, of your list. That's like exactly. That's like if I have extra money Correct. Then I, and I don't care about burning a hole in the pocket, then I'll do that. Yeah. Um, and then for the PlayStation Plus collection, I might actually install Monster Hunter World and, and jump back into that. 
because I haven't played that since it initially came out. Um, everything else that's on the PlayStation Plus collection, I, I pretty much already have either finished or don't have a desire to play. And I actually looking at it, I think I've, I've actually finished all of these except for Battlefield 1. And that's the one I don't have a desire to play. So uh, Monster Hunter Road might be the only thing I actually do for PlayStation Plus collection. But with these games, like you said, Dan, being like 70 bucks, I mean, yeah, that's with, the tough thing, man. I, I know Demon Souls is 70. Miles Morales is 50. Sackboy is 50. This is might be where I, you know, get the seventy dollar games that I really want to get the ones that and then wait I for know some that deep I'm a, sales wait for sales <laughs> or where I might focus on indie games a little bit more yeah you know, it stretches getting, my dollar a little bit to that more point. I I think we see a really good surge of indie games hopefully this gen because they're going to be at a price point that's going to be a lot more affordable to the household and again that's where Possible, the Xbox yeah. Game Pass comes in absolutely. you know with that absolutely. value. Absolutely. So maybe so maybe Sony changes some things up here going on. You know, the obviously sales will dictate, but seventy dollars, man, is a lot of damn money to spend on a game. Yeah, if I got Demon Souls, Sackboy, Spider Man, Godfall, and something else, that's like two hundred and fifty dollars worth of games for just five. I mean, games that's insane. Like, like yeah. for some people, that's a week crazy. of uh, a paycheck. You know, I mean, that's crazy. just insane. I mean, it's it is I don't it know. is crazy. It is. It's going to be interesting. Uh, so, yeah, tune into the podcast next week. We're going to have a massive discussion on everything releasing for PlayStation 5, for Xbox Series X and for the uh, current consoles as well. PC, PS4, wait, Xbox One. It's going to be a yeah, lot of fun. Be a busy, busy time of year. Yeah, it should be a, a lot of fun. But you know what that music means before we close out the show, before we get those final words from Kyle, we do have a little kickstart my heart and uh, hopefully Kyle, you'll be able to reunite with Polly because we have my time at Sandrock. Oh, man, this is great. Uh, of course, a sequel to Sean's game of the year last year. He's not here to defend himself. My time at Porsche. We got a was, sandbox was simulation. Was it this year? I don't know, dude. I think. No, it, it was last it, year. It was last year. It might have even been this year. No, it was no, last year. It had to have been last year. Yeah, had to have been last year. But we got a sandbox simulation RPG set in the My Time at Porsche world. And of course, it is still inspired by Dark Cloud 2, Harvest Moon, and the works of Miyazaki. Uh, and this is just blowing up on Kickstarter, man. This one's doing really well. They were looking for $100,000 US dollars. They're already at $226,182. Still 20 days to go. They're shattering these stretch goals, man. We already got multiplayer. We already got a robo suit. We already got more character customization. We are on the way to some buggy racing minigames. But there's a lot coming. Okay, here. <laughs> so at first I was like, why would they already announce that the racing minigame is going to be buggy? Is Are they just planning on this game being buggy just like the original was? And then I realized a buggy like a car. Yeah, like a little, like a buggy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> so here we go. What do we got here from uh, my time at Sandrock? Where do we want to start reading this at? Uh, do we want game direction? Yeah, game direction looks like a good spot here. Recruited to Sandrock to be a builder, you'll arrive to find the town in a sad state. Shops are run down, buildings are empty, and people are looking to leave. It'll be up to you to use your wits and skills to unite the townsfolk and rebuild the city into a beacon of prosperity. My time at Sandrock will maintain the simulation versus RPG balance that my time at Porsche had with more depth for both. We are aiming, uh, the team is aiming to give the player a truly satisfying feeling when the game, quote unquote, ends. 
The team is also working to give you a beautiful open world to gather materials, explore, and maintain a homestead. There will be mesas, deep canyons, vast deserts, endless salt plains, breathtaking ruins, and more. Returning Porsche players will find plenty of familiarities, but still just as many new things the team thinks only will add to the workshop building experience. They've added enough gameplay tweaks in to keep things fresh and also rework some of the things players didn't like about my time at Porsche. I wonder what they actually uh, decided that players didn't like. <laughs> They're saying this is not a simple reskin and rewrite of my time at Porsche with new PCs. Chronologically, this game takes place around the same time as my time at Porsche. Returning players will be able to enjoy seeing certain events that influenced Porsche development from a new perspective. Uh, we are in the world of Sandrock. Sandrock is a city-state located in the Eufaula Desert within the Alliance of Free Cities. It was founded beside Martel's Oasis on top of an ancient metropolis. At first, the city attracted many prospectors interested in an extensive supply of relics hidden beneath the desert. But as time went on, the oasis dried up, leaving the city unable to sustain a large population. Many people left, leaving the place in its uh, vagarious state found today. Water is a premium in Sandrock, with the only source being from Martel's Oasis. Wood is also a rare resource, as not many trees grow in the area. That's interesting. Not many trees grow in the area. Most of the trees around the oasis were cut by the original settlers. Nowadays, you'll have to find alternatives. The good news is that there are vast amounts of relics around these parts, some of them even hidden in plain sight. Man, look at all these people under, under the people of Sandrock. A lot of NPCs. Uh, I don't see Polly. I don't see Polly, but Kyle. No Polly, no Brucey. I'm out of here. I see a captain. I see like a seafaring captain. I see um, a guy that looks like an evil Knievel wearing a cape. Right. There's a, a bald man who it looks like he's holding a wrench. He looks like that looks like a Vincent Van Gogh. A little bit. There's a guy with a raven sitting on his on his shoulder. That's awesome. Yeah, Mr. Cool Guy over there. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Cool Guy himself. <laughs> so it says, uh, just as in Porsche, Sandrock will offer a deep and open narrative. We got some multiplayer coming in, which is actually kind of cool. Uh, they are aiming to have a specific game mode for multiplayer without interfering with the development of the single player. They're talking about supporting at least four players, and they did hit that stretch goal, so we will get that for sure. Uh, four players in an open map world separate from the single player map. Uh, it says players will be able to work, fight, and dungeon dive together. That actually sounds fun. That might be fun. Uh, it looks like they touched up the graphics a bit, did they not? Like the graphics, they look oh, yeah. a little bit. Well, um, and this is not a reskin of Porsche. In fact, they're starting from the ground up. That's what I mean. Like, like I, I thought maybe that they would like have utilized like the same type of engine. But no, this one actually looks like relatively. I don't want to say it, it's better looking, but it is, it, it is more appealing to the eye. Yeah, it definitely looks better. looking. Yeah. And I think that the gameplay mechanics that they're adding to like, you know, like look at the gift there of like the relationship building with the him and her sitting on the bench and how that, you know, you can casual talk and like a bunch of all these things like pop up on the top. And it looks like it's like these music bar and notes. Um, it looks a lot more in depth. And I think that's going to make this one more fun. There's mini dude, there's holidays like there's a lot going on here. I think Sean's going to need to give my time at Sandrock a chance. And I like this setting. I really think that that kind of deserted middle of the desert town, obviously, and I grew up in the desert. You know, I still live in the desert. And so this I don't know. This feels very home to me. This feels very Wild West. And I love that. Yeah. 
I think this is going to be fun. I actually am really looking forward to seeing what this team can come up with for a sequel. It does look promising. They're talking about this being available uh, on early access on Steam March 2021. So it's coming soon and they will be releasing the full game spring 2022. And uh, they'll be putting it, you know, wherever they can um, after that. So. Dan, what do you think? Did you play? Yeah, I don't think you played My Time at Porsche. So what do you think on this? I mean, it actually looks really good. And there's like a lot like you were talking about the characters. There's like a lot to do with this game. Um, I mean, it's definitely something that I'm interested in. I was kind of going through the uh, the pledges and kind of seeing, uh, you know, what kind of value they did. It looks like for two Steam keys, 55 bucks is something I kind of look for. Because I like I said, I want to start. I really want to start streaming more indie games and focusing on indie games and giving away uh you know keys to indie games so a lot of value here i I, like i said i think this is where uh you know next gen with these games going up i think games like this is is where you're gonna really get a lot of value and uh i'm liking everything that i'm seeing for this game right now yeah check it out go to kickstarter.com the name of the game is my time at sand rock like i said it's doing really really well but there yeah. are still 20 days to go. So, man, hopefully, uh, let's see. How high do I want it to get in terms of... I'd love to see it get to 5 million to go to another city state. Five million? I was about to I say, the 5 billion goal. Yeah, that's, what is that's the highest little... game ever kickstarted, like, raise money-wise, uh, you know? like Shenmue 3, I believe. I'm on it. Let me see. I believe it was Shenmue 3. Like, in terms of, like, initial Kickstarter period, I think it was Shenmue 3. Yeah, like, what's the most money raised? Yeah, I think it was Shenmue 3 in terms of, like, Kickstarter period. Kingdom Death was a board game that received $12.3 million. What? What, about, what oh. about video games? That's still crazy. I hope this gets to a million. I'd like to see multiplayer marriage. That would be funny. Shenmue 3, number one. I thought it was. I thought it was. Wow. Yeah. And it was, like, 6.7 or something like that, right? It was 6.3 million. Point something. There you go. Wow. Holy smokes. I thought it was was Shenmue. Number two was Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Mm -hmm. Number three was Ayudin Chronicle, which we talked about not too long ago. Which we just talked about recently. Yeah. That one uh, lit up the charts, man. Really cool. Mighty number nine. That was a big one. The thirst was real for Shenmue 3. The thirst was (laughs) real for Shenmue 3, guys. Like, I mean, there's a a reason why we wanted it. (laughs) So check it out. My time at Sandrock. But unfortunately, that's the end of the show. And to close us out, Kyle, once again, you get those final words. Since it's not a real win. Since this is a placeholder win because Sean's not here. Since this is a crazed 11 win. (laughs) Since this is a Dan win. I'm going to do this entire closing words as Sean. (laughs) Oh, this is good. Oh, man, this this isn't going to make any sense. All right, everybody, Sean's back here. Sean's in the winner's circle. We're going to do some closing words here. All right, okay, everybody, get ready for this, okay? You know, uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, we got a voter day coming up. I want everybody to make sure that they get out and vote. But, uh, but you know, be safe. Be safe when you go out there. Make sure you're wearing your mask. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's important that you get out and vote. This is America. Uh, you know, me and my grandma one time, me and my grandma, we went out and voted. And, uh, you know, I, 
I never forget that. My grandma, she was a wonderful woman and she took me to vote. And I just, I was, you know, I treasured that time. And so, you know, I'm going to be out there with my family and uh, we're going to make sure that we vote this, this Tuesday. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good time to be alive. There's a lot of good things coming up and man, I'm excited for the PlayStation five too. the PlayStation five, man, that's going to be amazing. That's going to be really great. So, uh, yeah, make sure you get out there and uh, pre-order your PlayStation five, pre-order your, uh, Xbox series S, you know, and, uh, and, uh, listen to the level down games podcast, leave a rating and review. Uh, this is Shanzi checking out. This episode of the Level Down Games podcast has been brought to you by leveldowngames.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check out youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and make sure you subscribe with notifications on as well as twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames again with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media, as well as to our Discord server, and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode. <laughs>